You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danica. And Riley. Wow, that was right on the tail end of mine. <laughs> and Riley. <laughs> and Beat. And, and Riley. Riley. <laughs> Anyways, yes, we are as annoying as always. And um, yeah, it, uh, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> From the top. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, um, what's new in your life? <laughs> Uh, nothing. I feel like nothing is given you with me. Yes, you're very boring. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, no, good. I just came out of the first round of midterm, so I'm excited to start working again. My uh, humiliation guy emailed me today, so we're going to set up this car wash, Yay. Um, which I'm very excited about, and we need to definitely do little deets for that. Yeah, she doesn't mean like we're setting up like a public communal car wash do you no we are <laughs> you raising, my raising money <laughs> no right. so i have a uh kinkster uh client that i found while selling panties on craigslist and he's really into humiliation so he wanted to just wear the panties um and then he has this whole uh, he's a couple of ideas that he sent me as well and just gave me his budget and, you know, we're going to negotiate what we can do for that. So he has a maid's outfit and wants to clean um, a car and I just don't think it's super sexy to get him to clean my Westphalia. So um, I'm bringing you you along so that the, he can clean your car. Uh, and then he also has like a little uh, German like beer maids outfit uh which he wants to wear to a brewery at some point as well so yeah i'm very excited to kind of uh play these little fantasies out for him um and with him and yeah if you guys have any ideas about other things that we could get him to do i would love to hear that because i don't know i feel like i mean this is such a new territory for me that i i want to hear like exciting things that aren't super just mainstream or like cliche exactly yeah. What about you? What's new? Um, well, first off, this is our fifth, my 50th episode. You've been here for, unfortunately, many of them. <laughs> but yeah, 50 episodes. That's crazy. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, People are still listening. Thank you. Groundbreaking. <laughs> it's really shocking, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so thank you to all the listeners. It is an absolute treat to shoot the shit every week and have you guys write in and communicate with us and follow and show support it means a lot um and yeah what else have I been up to we did the halloween shoot for our friend's birthday last week and that was really cool yeah it was a lot of fun so we were just chit-chatting in the like ladies group that we have and uh she said that for her birthday she wanted to do a spooky shoot kind of like witchy themed um and so me and you took the reins on organizing that because we're the ones that controlling <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're persistent <laughs> in in uh plans and uh our girlfriend who's uh whose idea it was what wasn't getting back to us fast enough so i messaged her boyfriend and was like hey like hey <laughs> is she free on this day um and then he jumped on the bandwagon and was like yes i would love to organize her the surprise um witchy uh, high tea picnic and I'll get her a birthday cake and we're like okay great we have like six whatsapp groups now trying to organize this trying to organize all the girls outfits everything so day of her boyfriend comes over and we set up the my living room to be really spooky and fun themed we go and do this shoot with uh, a girlfriend of yours who took some really beautiful photos um, and then we get back we surprise her with the picnic and then we find out it's not even her birthday. It was in March. The lies. The lies. <laughs> Which is, I mean, so good because we did something for your birthday. We did something for my birthday. Uh, and then hers was in total lockdown. Um, but yeah, I just, I just got it in my head that it was because she said that her birthday was in October. And then her boyfriend jumped on the bandwagon and was like, great, I'll get her the cake. So yeah, we found out during the picnic or day of that. Uh, it was not even close to her birthday. Ridiculous. 
But we got some cute photos. So it's yeah. <laughs> and the tea was really, really cute, too. Yeah, it was really good. We got it from, like, Neverland Tea or... Yeah, and Kits. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah, it was really good. Um, then we also have some more shoots coming up as well. Yes. Some duo shoots. Finally. <laughs> finally get some pictures for the Instagram and together that aren't... Me and my nine chins. <laughs> my nine heckling chins. Well, me and my 15, my quarantine 15 might become the nine chins for this one, so look out. <laughs> um, no, I'll post the duo one of us on the Halloween thing for the Halloween um, episode. Perfect. Woo. Um, also, there's going to be a lot of background noise this episode because we're recording in my apartment and... Yeah, people are breaking into cars, as you can hear, you know, a lot of ruckus. Exactly. I mean, usually we shoot at the studio, so you don't hear any of this background noise. Yes, in our very expensive studio. (laughs) Lies. Um, But yeah, I, uh, work-wise, my client has been a fabuloso. Uh, He bought me that new three-band, or three-diamond thick-band Cartier ring I wanted, that love ring. Um, It's only price point at, like... 5400 but I told him 5200 and he was like okay for sure and then he calls me and he's like that was American and I was like thanks no um was it um but yeah so he bought me that and that was really sweet and I love it but I'm super like aware of using my right hand for things I feel like I'm gonna scratch the fuck out of it yeah I don't want to like scratch it within like the first week of having it but um yeah he's been really sweet because like he knows and like I said on the last episode a lot of my clients know I love Halloween and I love doing spooky events so a lot of them are offering to our paid dates to be spooky events which is awesome and so we went to the drive-in movie uh on last Sunday and did um it chapter two which was super fun because we were in his truck and uh got all these blankets and ordered like a, or had like a bunch of food for the past and it was like a cute little like cozy halloween movie thing and then um yeah so i have a few more halloween events coming up we're gonna go do the night train on sunday and then i'm going to the Mandusen gardens with another client so and then me and you don't look at me like that. I'm going to mention it. I'm also going with you to something. <laughs> I'm going to the man farms with you. Not getting paid. But anyway. <laughs> God. You know what? No, I was actually going to ask you if that night train is one that goes around Stanley Park. I think that's the one. Honestly, he messaged me and was like, there's a night train. Like, would you want to do it? And I was like, hmm, get paid to do Halloween things? Yes. So I think it's a night, the Stanley Park mm. night train. You haven't done it before? No, have no, you? No, I haven't either. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, is it worth going to? I was going to say, it would be cool if someone brought me. Yeah. Um, like, I'm bringing you to the man farms. Wow. Um, you don't even have to pay me. <laughs> no. Anyways. Um, yeah, have you worked at all lately? Wow, rude. You know I haven't. I like the listeners to hear it, though. <laughs> um, I had some interesting, shitty situations come up with work-related um, I brought a girl on for a gig and she was like, I don't know if she was like high or drunk or what she was doing, but she just tripped out. She really like offended my client, which sucked because uh, it falls, unfortunately falls on me. So that was a shitty situation to put in. And then, um, and you can attest to this. We were at the gig and one girl was kind of hanging around my client who is quite well off and books parties with me. And I told you, I was like, I have a feeling she's going to try to steal him. And Lo and behold, I find out that she's been booking parties for him and making quite a bit of money off those parties. So that was unfortunate. So I called her out on that. And she was like, oh, like, I didn't really know he was your client. I'm like, well, you worked a party that I booked for him. And you heard him talking to me about booking parties and an arrangement. So whatever. Um, You can't get blood from a stone. Uh, So, yeah. So we're going to try to co-book is what the agreement we decided on. So parties that this client now has, we will co-book together. Do I think it will work out? I, I'm hopeful it will. Do I think that shadiness might continue? Also very likely. But whatever, we'll we'll see how it goes. And unfortunately, things like that do happen in this industry. And if anything, it's just people showing you their true colors. And you kind of um, move accordingly after that, right? Like I just, if this continues, then I just know I won't be um, trusting in future situations. You know? No, for sure. I think it's like super big of you to be like... This happened, but let's fix it as opposed to 
doing exactly what, you know, she did. Wow. You know, I put on like some weight during quarantine and you just called me big. <laughs> you couldn't use any other adjectives. <laughs> it's really huge of you. <laughs> it's really massive of you. <laughs> it's really back rolls of you. <laughs> Lord ass. Um, <laughs> how dare you laugh that hard? <laughs> I haven't had Lados in years. You know what's funny is like I I always say it, I'm like, where did I get this from? Because last time I said to you too, you're like Lardass and you're like shook it. And then my dad called my dog Lardass the other week the other day and I was like, Oh, that's where it's from. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. So funny. So my parents like don't so this is a side side note. My parents are like don't really swear. Like my mom hates swearing, but my she called me a bitch the other day. We were playing cards <laughs> because they're like Mama. they're obsessed with my dog, right? So we were playing cards at the table, and my dog was like walking around the table. And my mom really wanted him to come to her, and she was like Bentley, and she was like trying to get his attention. And uh, I was like Bentley, and it came to me. And then so she like literally tried for like five ten minutes trying to get Bentley to come to her, like gate like trying to like offer him treats, and. Then, he started moving towards her and as soon as he got close enough I like scared him he ran <laughs> and she's like bitch <laughs> she'd been trying for so long to get him to love her oh my god I was dying I was literally crying with laughter side note anyways yeah so work um, some shitty work situations have come up lately um, with regards to other women in the industry which sucks but I was saying to a friend of mine in the industry this past week I find that She's been this one girl who had stole clients was in the industry for many years less than I have been. And I find in the industry, you either, you come in it and it makes you a more confident, well-rounded, like looking out for other people kind of person, or it does the complete opposite and it makes you very money hungry and very all out for yourself. And um, I find like some people I've run into after they've been in the industry a couple of years, I like kind of revisit them. I'm like, wow, this person's a lot different than when they first came in the industry and they've really become, and they've really become more like selfish and like, yeah, like greedy, um, which is unfortunate. I think you see that with any type of like fast earning of money, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, same ha- same happens when you climb the ladder at work um, for any vanilla job. You get to making a certain amount of money, and you're willing to throw other colleagues under the bus for that promotion, or mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. So no, definitely, I'm definitely. It, it wouldn't surprise me that making money in a business would do that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but not a surprise for sure. But yeah, I'm hopeful that you know the co-booking works and that this doesn't happen again in the future. But um, I'm optimistic, but hesitant is how I'm going to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a question about dating for you. But what made me think of this was because, as you know, I don't really go on dates for free. I only go on paid dates now just because why the fuck would I do it for free if I get paid for it? So this guy who is like a relative of a friend of mine, and he has been like messaging me, hi, incessantly for like a long time now and I'm, I'm unpleasant here and there and I'll respond or whatever but since yeah August he's like messaged me let's catch up soon good morning sunshine top of the morning happy Sunday fun day are you enjoying <laughs> the morning to you yeah are you enjoying your day and then I'm going with what you're going to be working right now like but he's done this since like all of August he kept doing that yeah I'm like looking at the feed and it's just so him talking himself right yeah yeah and then how how are you doing again um and just me like I didn't respond to a lot of those because like hey I don't want to keep leading him on he needs to get the hint eventually so then he messaged me in August being like so I'm terrible at giving up so I hope you don't mind me periodically trying to capture attention until one day you Sorry, until one hopeful day where we are intentionally both the same place at the same time, lol. I didn't respond. Story, comment to my story, didn't respond. Message me again, how are you doing? Message me to yesterday and was like, hey, Danny, I owe you an apology. I was under the impression you were single, which is why I was attempting to get your attention. I meant no disrespect to you or your man. I hope all is well. And again, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, who's my man? Because this bothers me because what you're insinuating is I can't just like not be interested in you because I don't want to be interested. I have to have had a man. And then only then do you respect my disinterest is if it's like stepping on another man's toes, you know? So I was like, oh, who's my man? He's like, law is his name, not... And then he said my ex's name. Or was I incorrect in assuming that you were single? Regardless, I shouldn't have made assumptions, law. And I was like, no, we broke up a while back. Um, No associate with, with him anymore. So he goes, 
okay, well, are you currently single? And if so, can we get together and catch up? So I said, I am currently single and I go on dates with gentlemen, gentlemen callers, but they are always paid dates. The only time I make for dates are for clients. He goes, okay, that's fair. I'm not looking to be your client and not that I think anything's wrong with it. I'm just more interested in a real date with you. Let me know if that changes. Or maybe we could start by actually chatting if you can find time for an occasional phone call. Or maybe it's not interested at all and which won't hurt my feelings at all, such as life. I said, no worries. Just want to explain where I'm at. If you ever change your mind, slide back into my DMs. He goes, lol, I won't. Once I cross that line, I don't think we can ever go back. But thanks, gorgeous. And if you ever decide you're ready to date, date, or chat, let me know. Who knows? Maybe we'll cross paths. Take care. I said, yeah, I still consider them date dates, but different strokes for different folks. Have a wonderful week. And happy hoeing. And happy hoeing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, why would I date you for free? Yeah. And it's to me, just like, I, it doesn't, doesn't make it inauthentic. It doesn't negate that I enjoy your company. It's just, I... Is this going to maybe sound arrogant? Do have a lot of gentlemen callers who are interested. So why would I choose you over someone who I also like who's going to pay me for my time? And especially, like, if you expect me to take a night off work, like, and lose out on money, like, why would I do that? Yeah, and and especially because he's, like, obviously really into you by the absolute aggressive amount of messages, and he didn't get the fucking clue, which is ridiculous. But then... You're interested enough to harass you, but not interested enough to just pay pay for that harassment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to pay to hang out with you, you know, like yeah, hundred percent. I just and you only took my ignoring you is if like another man was in the picture for sure. Like He's that's like, so annoying. Oh, the only reason that she's not responding to me is because she's not single, you know. Yeah, and then as soon as I say I'm single, like I'm just like, but even if I want to tell you I'm single, that doesn't negate the fact that I have literally ignored your last three messages. Yeah, and you know, like, you know. Oh, you're not single. Okay, let's try again. <laughs> just tell me if you're not interested, babe. I've like not responded to you for three months now. Yeah. I'm obviously not interested. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, just being cheap. Anyways, um, but dating is a sticky situation, and I need to stop I'm singing. Sorry, <laughs> I caught myself, okay? Yeah, exactly. We told ourselves we would not sing anymore, and we will not sing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, 50 episodes, and then I cut. I made it so far. Um, but yeah, so I was starting to think about dating or whatever, and I obviously listen to a lot of dating podcasts. And one of the discussions they were having about dating is like, how long do you give a date a chance? So what I want to ask you today was how many dates do you give someone to decide if you're into them? And then how long do you date someone to decide if you love them? Okay. And we're talking for a blank slate. Like, Like, yeah, this is your your first date. You're not friends first. Like, yeah. Okay. I would have to like backlog all my failed dates. Which uh, would take too long, <laughs> but you know, I guess instinctually I would think around five, because I feel like the first date you don't know. Like, I mean, unless it's super obvious red flags, you just don't know enough about someone, and then yeah, I feel like, and then the next two are kind of just fun or like could be fun if the person's just like half decent and they're pulling out all their like best stops and their best lines and their best date ideas. And then once you get around the like four or five, those ideas have kind of started to dwindle and you're just stuck with who they are as a person, you know, like Mm -hmm. five dates is a long time to like be really on or, you know, really this type of person for a lot of people. Um, so I feel like my ex was fake for an entire year. (laughs) But like, just, I mean, not saying, you know, those are the people that act fake, but just enough for that uh, shiny show up. Exactly. Or that shiny exterior to drop from like meeting someone new that you're then faced with like, okay, do I actually like this person or has it just been fun to get out of the house? Yeah. Okay. And would it matter like what the type of date it is, like what you're doing on these dates or how, how much space is in between these dates? Like how much time? Um, I mean, I'm sure that's a variable, but that's, and that's you like, take anyone that takes you on five yeah, days. Um, but no, that's <laughs> just happy to be there because like, that's still long enough that unless you're seeing each other every day, you know, that's a, a kind of enough time to pass to be like, do I actually like this person? And then if every date is just something really fun, like that you could do with a fucking cardboard cutout, then like, obviously that's not a very good representation. So at least one of those dates should be like chilling on the couch, doing nothing Mm -hmm. faced with, is this person not a soggy paper towel? 
soggy crouton. <laughs> um, yeah. What if you had a really bad first date? Would you give them another second date? How, like, bad how? Remember that guy that took me to a Nazi store? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get a first date, or didn't get a second date. Yeah, no. I mean, if he's going to be racist... Probably not, you know? Yeah, and he literally knew I was, like, part Native and Jewish. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Because that's just... It shows so much. It shows, like, the fact that you're ignorant as fuck, you're racist. Yeah. You, there's just... That's it. That's, those are the red flags that you need to never return again. Would you go on a second date if you really want to get married and kids and the guy said, I'm not interested in married and kids? Would you give them another date and think that maybe their mind would change? I think I'm still at the age where, like... I can date people who don't have the same... Like, I'm not dating to settle down right now. But I guess it depends, like, how aggressive they were. If, if I'm... Fuck kids in marriage. Yeah. Fuck but, yeah. you know, If that's something that... And I don't know how I feel about either of those things. So it's kind of a difficult... You're open. You're totally. Open. Yeah. But, like, if I really wanted to get married and have kids and the other person was like, absolutely not, like, I would just never do that, then, yeah, I probably wouldn't continue dating them because... That's just completely different, like, ideas of the the future. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then how long do you think you should date someone before saying I love you? I feel like I'm not going to be good at answering this. Why do you say I love you to everyone? You said you loved me (laughs) on the first day. (laughs) Um, It's it's depended. Dependent. Dependent. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have a hard... Or fast rule for that, you know, like my first boyfriend, it took me probably over a year to say, or a year to say. What's the fastest you've said I love you? Uh, a month. Is and it? I had only seen them two weekends of that. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> did I see it did not work out? It didn't work out because I then left the country, but we still, like, we still saw each other twice. So, like, we went on a road trip in California and we tried to make it work, but neither of us... Is this a German guy? He's from uh, Copenhagen, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I and he still, like, to this day, like, stands to be, like, one of the loves that I've had. So, like... How dare you? <laughs> <sighs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, you know, and then I went to Halifax and went to, like, a, a wedding of his really close uh, friends from primary school. So, it was very fast, but... I just felt it very quickly and very strongly that I also knew that it wasn't wrong. And mm-hmm. it's, it's shitty that it didn't work out, but obviously I'm, like, with an amazing guy now, so... so mm, like, meh. Uh, but, it, I mean, the guy that I'm with now, it took us probably, like, two, two months, maybe. Yeah. I've definitely met people and dated them for, like, and lived with them for, like, a year and a half and, like, never said I love you. Because I felt it, like, right from... One person I'm thinking in particular, like, I definitely loved him, like, very early on. But something happened where I just got really hurt by something he did, and I just, like, never felt safe in saying that. I just felt it would, like, be a weapon to be used. Mm. So I just, like, never told him. Um, and then I've definitely been pressured to say I love you. I had another ex of mine that we lived together as well. We were together for about a year. And he said I love you very early on. And then every time he would say it, he'd, like, look at me and be like, why don't you say it back? And I was just like do you need to hear me say this? And he's like, yes. I was like, okay, sure, I love you. And, like, I just knew I never loved that person. Yeah. Um, but he just, like, needed someone to tell him that. And I was like, that's not what I love you is supposed to be. So my next partner, um, when I did say I love you, I said, I want to say something, and I don't need you to respond at all. Yeah. To, like, to, to free them from that kind of feeling of, like, they owe me something back. And then it wasn't saying – I wasn't saying that to feel, like – love in return it was just like I just want to express this to you and that's exactly what it was like especially being so quick um with the guy in Copenhagen and he didn't say it back until like a month or so after that even um but yeah I think it it just doesn't seem genuine when you ask someone to say it no like that's ridiculous honestly he was just a ridiculous person yeah. so I also just live my life like very hard on my sleeve and I've definitely been hurt like a bunch because of it, but also, I don't know. I just, I like people who are also very emotionally receptive, even if, you know, they're not comfortable saying it back. If it makes them uncomfortable or I can't feel a certain way with them, then I just think that's that's kind of a key to move on for me as well. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. 
And yeah, I just think you should like never pressure someone to feel what you're feeling or or feel something the same rate you do. Yeah. Right? And it's just awkward to like feel like you have to tell someone you love them. It's like, and they know you're like, you don't? It's like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. This is weird. This is a weird thing. And why dance. do you even want to hear it if it's unauthentic? If it's fake. I mean, my client does that. I don't think I've ever talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, my one client asked me to tell him that I love him um, all the time. Like, when we call, he's like, tell me you love me. I'm like, I love you. And we've only been hanging out, or, like, he's only been my client for, like, two, three weeks now. But he just, like, needs to hear that um, from someone. And obviously, being, like, a service provider, like, if that's something in the service that you need to feel love from the person you're going on dates with, and, like, yeah, like, that's my act, and that's my role, and I'll do that. But... It's definitely interesting, like, psychologically, why hearing those words makes you feel so happy, even though you know they're not authentic. Yeah, and it it is different, obviously, when it's a client and service provider, because if you're paying for a service, then you should get exactly what you want out of it. Exactly, and if you want to, if he wants to, like, imagine that you guys have been together for, like, five years and have just the happiest uh, future on the horizon, and you guys are so in love... And he wants to pay for that, then absolutely. Yeah. And the same thing if they want you to pretend to be their mom or yeah. their stepsister. Yeah, but I feel like the difference is with those words is that there's so much meaning behind it. It almost pierces the um, the shield you put up as a sex worker. Like it's become too personal now. Yeah. Like that's just something that you don't cross over with. Yeah, I've definitely not had a client before ask that that's he's definitely a first my concern isn't that it's making me feel more my concern is that it might impact how much those words matter to me in the future with someone mm-hmm. if I so like if it's so um it's such an act to me to say that yeah. it's the same as like people doing performative sex like people that do porn or people that are prostitutes like a lot of my friends have said the same thing where it's like it's hard sometimes to switch off and have sex for yourself because mm-hmm. your majority of your life you're doing performative sex. So I wonder when I find someone I do love next, will it feel weird saying I love you? Do you think it would help to like picture someone that you do love or something that you do? Just a bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> just dollar signs. I love you. But like, you know, just to keep that shield up. So you um, don't desensitize yourself. To I think it. I'd honestly probably start crying because, like, I have had a you lot don't of have trouble. To picture me, be someone else. <laughs> I just want her. Now he has her. <laughs> um, no, I think like I'm so trying to get over my ex still that like yeah, I think picturing like that's the person that comes to mind when I think of love. Wow. And you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think for me like the way I am able to do that is I just literally think of me being an actress. Okay, yeah. That, like, we're in the scene. You know, he's, like, my boyfriend in the scene. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do with all work stuff. I just kind of picture it as, like, an act, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's been interesting. But we have a lot of listener questions this week, so we should get into those for sure because we have a fuck ton, which is great. Keep sending them in. So the first one, how do I get a client to pay to see me outside the club? And uh, some of these are a little bit repeat, but it's fine. I know you guys don't have... The uh, ability to, you know, hit that highlight reel that I kindly made for you all where it explains every episode and what's in them. But that's okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So how do I get a client to pay to see me outside the club? I mean, I think you're probably better off at answering this because moving from club to private life is not something that I really choose to do. I like to keep them quite separate Mm -hmm. yeah so I think the thing we said before the easiest thing is to say oh I have to work that night but I could skip the club if you want to like compensate me that's always an easy um an easy line I I'm more blunt because I do a lot of um paid dates I just you know um I say I only save my time for you know my paying gentlemen um just like I said to this guy who was DMing me, I'm pretty blunt about it. But yeah, if you if your clubs are open right now and you can use the clubs as an excuse and say, I can't take the time off work because I'm saving up for X or whatever you're pretending you're saving up for or you are saving up for. Um, but if you could help me with that, I'd love to take the night off for you. It's an easy sell usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think you've said that before to yourself. Yeah, it's definitely an easier sell also if they want to see you outside of the club as opposed to you want to see them outside of the club and then also want them to pay you. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, uh, Next question. How do I get an allowance from a client? I mean, that's kind of a tricky one, and I feel like that's much more 
uh, under the umbrella of sugaring uh, or having a client that you see in your personal life, which again is like not something that I really dabble in. Um, And, but from what I've heard, I think it's easier, it's easier to do a paper date than an allowance Mm-hmm. because There's, sorry sorry because then you know especially on the gentleman's end uh they now only they only pay if they see you as opposed to on an allowance if they just give you um that money for the month you know sometimes the girl just houdini's out of there mm-hmm. there's definitely pros and cons um and it depends too on the client and what they're demanding of you and how much you like to see them and all that and how much trust there is in the relationship. I like an allowance with clients I trust um, because it's just guaranteed money every month. And the way I usually sell it to a client is if if we're if we're transitioning from pay per date to um, an allowance, I tell them you know with an allowance it's a little bit less transactional because. There's just one payment exchange, and then we don't have to talk about payment for the rest of the month. So they kind of like that. And then I also tell them that it's less like, and, you know, I would use this term cautiously, but it's less strict. um, There's less strict boundaries. So when my clients are pay-per-date clients, I'm not having constant communication with them. You know, we're talking about, like, let's set up a date, check in the night before, and then we see each other for the date. And then they reach out to me the next date they want to go on. But with an allowance, I am more open to having open communication where we're texting here and there, we're checking on each other, phone calls here and there, and they're not paying necessarily per phone call or per text message like some of my clients would. So I let them know that. And that it's more of like a girlfriend experience when it's an allowance or like a sugar baby experience. Mm-hmm. And then I also have them offer a number first. Or I let them know, I had a client who did slash paid this amount per month. What were you thinking? And then you can kind of gauge where their, um, the ballpark of what they can afford is and then work with that. Or you try another thing I would do is I would say, I typically charge and then say an amount that's higher than you expect them to pay. And then say, but for you, I would take and then the price that you think they're realistically going to pay. Those are some uh, little phrases I would use. Yeah, and I would definitely, in allowance too, you also need to set up boundaries of how many times per month did they expect to see you if they're paying this much. Exactly, you yeah. Because once a, once a week is very different to two or three times a week. Exactly, 100%. I agree. And then, and like, yeah, I find that it makes it less transactional, more of a girlfriend experience. Um, that sell is a lot a lot easier. I think that's very appealing to most clients you're going to have in my experience. For sure. And then the dates for the guys, I would assume would feel more authentic too, because they're not having to hand you money every time that you see them. Uh, I guess, you know, as I said before, the downside of that is do you risk it and get paid at the end of the month or do they risk it and get paid at the beginning of the month? Because there's definitely shady people in both parts of the court, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree. Um, with my current client, he wants to do a paper date and I told him it will probably end up being more expensive mm-hmm. and it has been because I expect him to pay hourly every time we see each other. So it does, and he wants to see me a lot. So it ends up costing him more than an allowance would have. And so it's beneficial in that sense to them. And also it's beneficial to you. You might make less as an allowance base than paper date, but at least it's guaranteed money, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, pros and cons for sure. Next question. Hey, Danica, I've been tuning into your podcast episodes, and let me tell you, the advice and people on your podcast are bold. Although I've spoken to you from past months ago, I do have a few specific questions. First question, you, you're obviously very open. Me being a young adult with little to no support to live and venture outside the struggle, I've been taking my time and money to venture into pole fitness. Do you think pole fitness is something I have to open up to my family about? Being stable to live on my own is the goal and investing to pay in my career. Although my reality is that I either work tirelessly part-time under my mom or grandma, or I work on my own to travel and relocate to start my own. To start on my own. So the question is, you know, she's starting to do... What I take from this is she's starting to do pole dance because she wants to become a stripper Mm -hmm. and learn how to pole dance, and she's wondering if she needs to tell her family that she's doing that. 
I think that is very dependent on the ju- the, the jumps that you think your parents will make and how hard if you're living with them, I think. It sounds like, yeah, she's living with yeah. her mom and grandma. And how hard you think that's going to make your life. So, for example, if you are just doing pole fitness and that is all the clues that you've kind of given to uh, maybe being like a dancer at some point, you, then saying it is, is not really a big deal. You know, like if you do pole fitness, what is the difference between that and uh, going to the gym or doing Zumba or... Um, anything like that but if you think that they're going to jump from you're doing pole fitness to the you know the stigmatized thought of you're going to become a stripper and that's not okay with us then I would maybe not tell them because is that just going to make them suspicious every time you go out are they just going to say rude things that are going to make you feel less than for wanting to have this as a career yeah I think it, it depends how you think they're going to react and how difficult you think that's going to be uh, for yourself mm-hmm. and also what I guess my my question would be what's the point yeah like if you want to tell them because you want to open up to them about wanting to be a stripper then maybe it's a really great first step you know desensitize them to the fact that pole is you know everyone can do pole pole is not something that's reserved for you know um this like stigmatized image of people. Um, no, yeah, I agree. Um, well, you know, my rule is as long as you're not doing anything that hurts yourself or others, your business is entirely your business. So if you think, like you said, they're going to react negatively, then they really don't need to know. Um, and they're not paying for the classes. Um, it's not their body. Um, and then also, you know, pole fitness is, it's absolutely nothing to be ashamed about. And it's really no different than gymnastics or lifting weights or treadmill or working out, just like you said, right? So it's just a different way to get fit and use your body while you're learning a new skill. So I don't like, you wouldn't go tell them like, oh, I started a new gym or you wouldn't go tell them like, oh, I started lifting weights otherwise than just being a conversational topic. So if it's to see if they approve of it, I would ask, yeah, do you need their approval for something that's not bad? You know, but again, that's, that's completely your prerogative. I probably wouldn't make the effort of telling people I started pole fitness, especially if I thought it was going to be met with uh, judgment or shame. You know, and as I've mentioned before, my mom knows what I do for a living. Um, but a couple years before I did that, I started doing pole as well when I was in Germany and told my mom. And I bought a pole before I was a dancer and told my mom. And my mom has been very... Uh, open to that she's very into fitness and aerobics and trying different types of workouts so she just felt like it was another kind of fitness class and she came to a pole dancing class with me like yeah so it kind of depends from what angle your parents are going to view that from and how you think that's going to impact your life Mm, 100% but yeah, feel free to write us in and let us know how that conversation goes if you have it. We're I'm curious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hope they're I hope they're responsive and like positive about it. Next question. Hey lady, I hope you and your loved ones have been safe. I'm buying a pole for home, but I'm wondering if you have any suggestions on brands, thickness, heights, and if I should get a mat. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So I I have X pole, you have X pole. And a girlfriend, like a couple of girlfriends of ours had expo. Uh, when I was shop- shopping around for my first pole, uh, I asked the people at my local um, pole dance studio which brands they recommended, and it was always expo. Um, it has by far the best reviews and is um, the best quality from what I could, could gauge. Um, it depends this what skills you have as a pole dancer. Um, I, the 45 millimeter, I believe it is, is the standard. So, you know, if you then want to transition into doing pole or you do pole classes, um, in a studio or want to do pole dancing, um, on stage as a, as a dancer or competitions or anything like that, the 45 millimeter is going to be your standard. And it's, if you stick with that and practice on that, then it's going to be, it's going to feel no different. Uh, material wise, stainless steel is, is the baseline normal. Brass is a lot easier, uh, or uh, people find a lot stickier, which can be great if you're just learning new tricks, um, but then it gets harder to transition to stainless steel. 
And then I think the matte ones also have more grip, but again, it's more difficult when you transition out of that. So I got the stainless steel and I find that it's very slippy, um, but it makes dancing on other poles easier as opposed to maybe the other way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I echo most of all what you said. X-Pole, yeah, I've been working on X-Pole for years. It's definitely um, a very well-known and respected brand. Uh, thickness, like you said, the th- thickness standard in the industry is 45 milliliter, so it's definitely best to practice on the standard. So if you're practicing at home, then you go into a class or go into a stage, you're not thrown off by a difference in thickness. Uh, Material-wise, chrome is the most popular. It is slippery, though, like you said, so... I would advise them to buy like a grip, a hand grip. Um, dry hands is what one is called. It's very popular out here. And um, brass, like you said, is liked by some because it does allow more grip, but you it's not as common. You don't see it in very many studios or on stages. So I would suggest you don't get used to a brass grip and then go to a stainless steel grip and continue slip and fall on your face. Um, she asked about the height. So... The heights definitely going to depend on your ceilings, unless you're going to be getting a stage. So you might need to buy extensions depending on how high your ceiling is, but um, just do a measurement for that and you'll figure it out. Um, what else? I personally, I wouldn't use a mat underneath my pole because it would hinder me from doing the pole work or the floor, floor work afterwards that I would do. But, um, and also too, it's less sturdy to walk on. So if you're practicing in heels, and you're doing pole work in heels coming down to a mat rather than a sturdier floor, you could easily kind of trip or um, just not have the, um, the balance as you would on, on an actual floor. Um, plus, you're not going to have a mat there when you're on stage or in competition, so uh, you might not want to get used to having a mat there. But as you're practicing, sure, if you're nervous about things. Um, yeah, actually, let me add to that. So, first of all, I said stainless steel is the baseline normal. It's not as chrome. Yeah, chrome, Stainless yeah. steel is more slippery than chrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I just like to correct myself for that. Yeah, yeah. Chrome, ste- yeah, chrome yeah, yeah. is the most common. Um, and then, with regards to the mat, if you're going to put it underneath your pole, and especially if you have carpet, really make sure that you're tightening it every time or every second time that you're using the pole. Uh, the first setup that I had in my old place, I had it on carpet. And because it, if you don't have the stage, the pole just is stays up due to the pressure against the floor and the ceiling. And obviously, when you're pulling down on the pole, you're putting your weight on the pole, it flattens the carpet. And my pole, like, fell. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was very sad. Um, At a party. <laughs> yeah. No, and also use mats, too, if, you know, you're... You're trying new tricks, you're trying inversions, and you're nervous. Like, for sure, start with a mat just for safety. But, yeah, get used to doing tricks without a mat underneath you. Um, Final note, uh, since COVID started, poles have been selling out like crazy. um, And they sell out pretty much as soon as the products come in. So if you can't find a pole on the X-Pole site or whatever site you're looking at, you can always try using one on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. But just make sure it has all the parts and, um, and yeah, make sure it's, it's properly with all the screws and everything like that, too. Yeah, because it would definitely be... It's hard to... I would look up some YouTube videos of what to look for when you're buying a second-hand pole. 100%. Because, I mean, if you're upside down, if you're in an inversion, if you're anything, and it's not secure, it's not safe, that's going to really hurt you and everything around you. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Um, Next question. Have you ever worked for an escort agency? If so, how was your experience? I haven't worked for an escorting agency uh, at all. And yeah, nor have I, I always just work privately, um, independent contractor. Yeah. So uh, we don't really have experiences, but we can definitely get, um, try to find someone who has experience working in an escort agency and, um, we'll try to get them on the show. Mm-hmm. Next question. How do you go about working independently as a sex worker? Uh, it's really difficult to work independently, I would say, because you have, uh, depending on what sort of sex work you want to do. If you're just looking at doing uh, stripping or anything like that, then you have to source clients, you have to book parties, like it's, it's very, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, obviously, if you just want to do like personal one-on-one uh, paid dates or massage or uh, selling underwear or anything like that. Um, I would go through websites like Craigslist or, um, you know, hunt out your DM- uh, DMs like Danny. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what would you say? 
Yeah, I would say the opposite. Working as an independent sex worker is easier um, because you're literally just finding clients on your own. So you go to restaurants, you, you know, I fuck some clients and see if they're interested. You, uh, you know, I fuck meaning, like, you know, you look su- suggestively at them, and <laughs> invite them over with your eyes, um, you know, or yeah, men in your DMs, you, you know, put it out there. I don't, I only go on paid dates. Um, so yeah, it just, it's just you kind of think of it as like, how would you find a guy to date you? And now just charge them. You know, so the same thing. You would go with your girlfriends. You would let guys approach you. You would feel it out and then make sure you're getting paid for it. For sure. And I think, I mean, that's definitely um, a nod to how we work differently as sex workers. Like, I'm very much, uh, I like to show up. I like to do my job and I like to leave. And I hate all the admin work that comes along with it. Yeah. Even if that is, you know, just going out to find a client. Like, none of that interests me. So working independently for me is definitely harder. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, definitely not to say... It is harder in general. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Uh, you'd rather be an employee and I'd rather be an employer. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like, that's um, people's strengths and weaknesses too, right? Like, I, I don't do well working under people very often. Um, next question. How long did you take off work after your boob job? So I've definitely answered in, um, in detail about my surgeries. So definitely look up those episodes, but... This last boob job I got done in January, I went back to work or tried to, um, COVID hit in March, but I tried to go back in April. So I took about three months off for my healing. Next question. How many hours do you have to put in daily to be successful as a cam model? So we both don't really do cam modeling. I don't think you do really at all. I did it for two days. You did it for a full two days. That's true. For 48 hours. And I don't do it as much as I used to at all anymore. But we do have an episode with Ashley. It's, I believe, episode five. So that's the interview with cam model Ashley. And she goes into quite a bit of detail about her experience as a cam model. And she's very successful cam model. Um, So yeah, make sure you give that one a listen because she can definitely talk more on it than I could. Next question. How much pole experience would you recommend having in order to become a stripper? I think that depends on what you want to do. Like, do you, do you, if you want to do stage, obviously uh, a little bit of a baseline is good. Just so you don't awkwardly avoid the pole or, you know, you have two or three tricks underneath your uh, belt to kind of pull out. But if you're just doing VIP lap dancing... Um, we have a girlfriend who's only really just started pole now, and she's been in the industry for probably three or four years. So, yeah, I think you can definitely get away with. You, I mean, a VIP, you don't ever need to touch a pole. So, if you just want to be a VIP dancer, yeah, you don't even need pole. And even with stage girls, I see a lot of stage girls who don't know a single pole trick, and they just do really good stage work, and they can really amp up a crowd. So, you can definitely play into your strengths. And while you're learning pole, but yeah, I mean, it's always good to hone some skills and have something in your back pocket to throw in here and there. Um, so yeah, if, how much experience do you need to become a dancer? You don't need any, um, but it would be recommended to definitely at least have a couple, couple tricks in your back pocket. So yeah, if you're starting to become a dancer, just, uh, hit up some pole classes, get familiar with the pole, learn a few moves you might love it and you might, might want to really, really, uh, learn pole like borderline professionally because it is really fun and gets really addictive. Next question. What's a typical day like working at a strip club? Okay. So usually strip clubs will have a cutoff of when you have to be there by. So my club was nine 30. So you, if you're going to work that night shift, you have to come before nine 30 and regardless of what time you come, you have to work at least four hours. So if you're coming at nine 30, you're going to have to work till close. If you came at eight 30, you could leave by 1230 and you go into the, it's pretty simple. You go into the change room, get changed into your outfit, shoot the shit with the girls, gossip, whatever, and then um, head downstairs. And if you're VIP, you're literally just walking around and hustling for dances, you know, asking guys for dances, having a drink with a client if that's something you do. Um, and then when you snag one or snag a client, snag a dance, you just go to the champagne room or dancer room and, uh, and do your dance. And then you just carry that on all night long until power hour at the end of the night which is the last hour 
bang out in front as much dance as you can at power hour and then go home, throw on your sweatpants and head the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of walking around the floor and chatting with guys and having very similar conversations. Redundant conversations, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And sitting down and standing back up and walking and sitting down and standing back up. A hundred percent, yeah. I'm I'm a percher. So I don't ever sit with clients really. You'll just see me perching the same like five spots throughout the night and then I just wait for clients to come up to me. Mm-hmm. That's definitely my hustle. But other girls, yeah, prefer to hit up every table and, and do that kind of hustle. I don't have your tits, so I got to really use the personality. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. Like certain looks, like I have a, a more dominant look. So me standing in a corner and waiting for people to approach me kind of like suits that look. Mm-hmm. As opposed to some girls have a look where they can bounce around being bubbly and like jumping on tables and... Um, yeah, so definitely yeah, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah, you'll be hard pressed to ever see me probably <laughs> at work for my birthday. <laughs> uh, next question Hi, Danny. I was wondering if you'd be willing to do an episode segment on how to safely explore full service sex work or if you know of any resources. I'm in a country where it is legal and I'm sure practices really differ region to region, but any information is helpful. I haven't listed all of your episodes yet, so this is it's possible you've already done this. So me and Riley spoke before this episode and we 100% would like to have a full service sex worker on who would like to discuss being a full service sex worker. So if anyone listening themselves or their friends would be interested, definitely DM us and we'd love to have you on because it's something that me and Riley don't talk on. But speaking on just like uh, safe sex practices, you know, using condoms with every person you have sex with, using condoms for oral sex as well. If you're letting clients go down on you, I know it sounds silly, but using dental dams and religiously getting checked. If you can get a standing order from your doctor and get checked uh, every month, uh, that's a good way to keep your sexual health in check. And then just uh, on a safety point of view, uh, my instincts would say, you know, same as a Tinder date, like find them on social media or like find I mean you know and a lot of clients will be um very private about that but if they're not willing to send you some form of ID or uh social media or just anything to verify that they're an actual person they're who they say they are and then always have someone know that um where you are what give someone else the address or you know I would say probably safest option is to for you to go there and have someone wait in a car as opposed to like bringing people into your house. Uh, just kind of all the same things that you would do if you're just going on a Tinder date or you're going on a Tinder hookup, you know? Mm-hmm. And definitely another comment to add as well is just knowing your like legality in your, in your region and your rights too. So to make sure you're not doing anything illegal, because even if prostitution is legal, there's, I'm sure aspects surrounding that aren't. So just making sure that you're, you know, doing things by the book. So, so you can't get in trouble, but yeah, like I said, you know, me and Riley can't really speak on that. So we'll definitely have a full service sex worker on. And if anyone listening wants to be on to talk about it or know someone definitely DM us regarding that. All right. Finally, date or dump. Okay, first one. He licks his plate at a restaurant. I've done that. No, you haven't. At a restaurant? No, I haven't. Ew, what the hell? (laughs) I'll dip my finger in it, though. If it's really good sauce, fuck it, I'll do it. Would you date someone that... Would you date or dump someone if they lick their plate at the restaurant? Okay, no, I wouldn't. Would you date or dump me if I stick my finger in the sauce and ate it? I feel like if it was a friend that did it, I'd, like, make fun of them and be like, hey, that's a weird dude. But if it was someone I was actually dating, I just feel like it would... I just wouldn't want to build a life with someone like that. I would just think, like, you don't know social constructs or, like, social, like... You know, like, you don't have, like, social ability. Like, you're just, like... <laughs> like, going at it at a plate in a public place. I would just be, like... I'd just be embarrassed, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I just think yeah. there's, like, a way to conduct yourself in public. And if you are, like, lacking that ability, I'd probably think you, like... I don't know weren't all there maybe like you didn't pick up on social cues yeah for sure if you like pick up the plate and like bring it to your face if you bring your face down to the plate i feel like it's a little more discreet (laughs) uh but i just think like someone that did that would probably there'd be a lot of things they'd kind of miss the ball on you know yeah because it's a pretty common sense like adults don't do that no for sure no i agree but if they just like stuck their finger and like some just delicious leftover i'm just trying to get validation yeah okay (laughs) yeah i dump you okay okay uh Second, orders chicken strips everywhere he goes. I have chicken. 
Like, literally only order chicken strips. No matter what, how nice the restaurant is, no matter... No. Because how am I supposed to, like, share my food with someone who only orders chicken strips? And then he, I want my chicken strips. <laughs> and he asks for it like that. They don't have chicken strips here. <laughs> it would be a dump for me. Yeah, me too. I just hate people that are so, um, like, avoidant of adventure. You know what I mean? Like, they, like, they're so, like, cut and dry. Like, always my chicken strips. Like, And it just, it's so boring. Like, it's so it childish. takes the complete fun out of going to a restaurant. Yeah, 100%. Okay, last one. They live with their parents. And they're 32. Are you dating someone that lives with their parents and is 32? Am I? Yeah. Again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my ex lives with his parents and he is 32. Ew. Uh, I mean, look. Dump. A hundred percent. To me, it would just be like... The only way I could justify it is if his parents had, like, a mansion mm-hmm. and they're fucking paid. And, you know, he's, like, some trust fund kid and, like, whatever. Okay, cool. We can live in the wing of the house. But, like, I just think, like, I don't know. He better be, like, it would be different if he had, like, an amazing job and he was saving, like, crazy money. His family was never around. They, like, lived there part-time of the year. Like, things like that. But if he was, like, broke living with his parents, like... No, yeah. because I would have to pay for every date. I would just be like, you just clearly don't have aspirations or you did something wrong. Yeah, I mean, the only thing for me that would make it okay if it was a legitimate stepping stone. So, like, I mean, as someone who's moved countries a lot, it's really nice to, like, have somewhere that you know you're going to go for, like, a week or two before you find your own place again. So, like, if it's a hopping stone like that or, you know, you've moved up from another city, have to find a place or, like, were unexpectedly kicked out and you don't have time to find a place, like, that's a little bit different. But if you're, like, real cozy living there... Never moved out of yeah, since they were a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, I just can't get on board with that. Yeah, to me, it's, like, it's not even these... These things don't are not in themselves. It's what they represent. Like, someone who licks the plate probably doesn't have much, like, social etiquette. Mm-hmm. Someone who always wears chicken strips is probably very unadventurous. Someone who lives with their parents... It's probably very much babied and never had to stand on their own feet and doesn't really have much, like, aspirations. Um, that's how those things kind of, like, breed to me. So yeah. I dump all y'all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We out. All right. Well, that's it kind of for this episode. It was kind of a short and sweet one. Um, I actually have questions for you. Oh, God. Okay, what? I wanted to ask some advice because uh, I know that you've done, like, a lot of modeling and been reached out to by photographers um, and so my friend had a photographer reach out to them asking if they wanted to shoot together and was like quite persistent on wanting to shoot with her. Persistent or persistent? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> One's the right way to say it. <laughs> Go on. You know what I mean? I do. Okay. Um, it like it was like very adamant <laughs> of shooting with her and then didn't mention that it was a collab. Who do you think should have expected to pay the photographer or the model photographer yeah to me it's who reaches out to who so if the photographer reaches out to the model he should either be presenting it or asking about it being a collab or he should be offering to pay her and if a model reaches out to a photographer or if anyone reaches out to a photographer then they should be expected to pay for that service yeah unless a collab's like you know mentioned so this photographer was like uh well my friend asked okay do you want this to be a collab um, kind of like offering, I like your page. Did you want my free services? Mm-hmm. And the photographer was like, Oh well, like usually I charge, but like you could just tip me. Oh, I would be like, I also usually charge. Are you gonna tip me too? Yeah. No, that's goofy. You re- you came here. I know. Exit stage left. Like no. Yeah. So I thought of that when uh, we were just talking about, um, you know, like like going up to a client and asking them to see you in you know both of your free times and then charging for it i was like where have i heard this before yeah yeah no the cli- yeah 100 that guy sounds like a fucking goof but yeah on that note <laughs> that's pretty much my answer to everything that guy sounds like a goof <laughs> <laughs> but yeah at least i'm consistent uh so riley where can people find you you can find me at van city riley on instagram as always you can find me 
on Instagram at five zero plus a tip or email me at five zero plus a tip at gmail.com and sign the DMs, email with any questions, comments. We love getting them. And lastly, make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. Miss Envy Botanicals is dedicated to producing 100% organic medicinal cannabis products available at upscale dispensaries nationwide. They have a wide variety of products ranging from topical skincare, culinary additives, and cannabis oil, as well as Phoenix Tears. All of their creations are produced with only the best organic non-GMO ingredients and infused with love. Use code DANNY10 for 10% off. Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural and cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to become its best self. They just launched two new amazing products, a facial scrub and a powder exfoliant. So go check those out. Use code TRULY plus a tip for 10% off your online order. Temptations Avenue Lingerie is a Canadian-owned lingerie brand with a variety of styles, ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our discount code TIP25 to get 25% off. That's TIP25, T-I-P-2-5 for 25% off. And lastly, for hair and skin products that work wonders, follow our girl Tiffany.Valentina.Bella. Message her Danny here to get your personal hair and skin consult and save up to 40% off her amazing products. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. Bye. Bye.